Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 69 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Joshua chapter 5 today and courting a little bit of controversy. Our focus is on circumcising your warriors for victory and whose side God is on. I want to welcome new listeners in New South Wales, Australia, Parts Unknown, Norway, Manipur, India, Mpumalunga, South Africa, Westphalia, Germany, San Francisco, California, and Denver, Colorado. Thank you all for listening. Our goal is to encourage daily Bible reading, daily Bible thinking, daily Bible obedience, and daily Bible following. Please check out our website, Bible2021.com. Share the show with your friends and neighbors, and maybe even consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let's begin by talking about war. Yeah, God wants the good guys to be strong and mighty, right? He'll always bless and strengthen the good guys and curse and weaken the bad guys, right? Well, no, actually. You see, the thing about God is His ways are not our ways. His ways are much, much higher than ours. And we're going to see two really big, incredible examples of this in today's reading. In Joshua 5, the Israelites has crossed the Jordan River, and they are ready to begin conquest of the Promised Land. They're doing exactly what God wants them to do, like in the center of His will. Not only that, they have a tremendous military and strategic advantage because the enemy Canaanites and Amorites had heard how God has miraculously enabled the Israelites to cross the Jordan River and they were terrified, rocked back on their heels. Now, since the Israelites were intending to take over the lands of the Canaanites and Amorites, this is the perfect strategic time to strike, right? They're scared. They're running scared. Actually, no, as it turns out, because at the height of that strategic advantage, God tells Joshua to circumcise all of the Israelite warriors with a flint knife. Now, if you don't know, Flint is a rock. Uh, Yes, a rock, a type of rock, a mineral. And circumcision is a kind of surgery uh, done on a very sensitive part of the male anatomy. Oh yeah, and flint is a rock. I need to repeat that. Why, God? Why would God call Joshua to do this thing? Well, here's all you need to know about circumcision. One time, Genesis chapter 34, Jacob and his family, way before this time, Way before Moses, they were traveling into a new land, and one of the residents of that new land, the son of the chieftain, raped Jacob's daughter Dinah, and then had the audacity to ask Jacob for her hand in marriage after doing that terrible thing. Well, Jacob's sons heard about this marriage proposal and told the man and his chieftain father that they could have Dinah, but only if all of the males in their village got circumcised because their people could only intermarry with circumcised people. So, the chief got every man circumcised. And while they were lying around, moaning and groaning and recovering from that surgery, Two of Jacob's sons slipped into the village with a sword each and slaughtered every single man in the village to avenge their sister. Two men killing every man in a village. How and why did those two men win that battle? And the answer is, circumcision is so painful and debilitating 
Especially when you do it with a rock and without a proper knowledge of hygiene and all of that kind of stuff. So why did God call Joshua's men to be circumcised right before a massive battle? Like a whole series of battles? Well, because it's more important in God's eyes for his people to be holy and obedient than for them to be strong. Victory doesn't come from our strength, but his strength, as Paul will teach much later on, in 2 Corinthians 12, 9-10, God said to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, says Paul, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may reside in me. So I take pleasure in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and in difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Wow. That's counterintuitive, but if we want to walk in the power of Christ, then we might need to walk in our own weaknesses. Well, let's read Joshua chapter 5, and while we do, ask yourself whose side God will be on, the Israelites or the Canaanites. Joshua chapter 5, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible, When all the Amorite kings across the Jordan to the west and all the Canaanite kings near the sea heard how the Lord had dried up the water of the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over. They lost heart and their courage failed because of the Israelites. At the time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelite men again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelite men at Gibeath Haraloth. This is the reason Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war, had died in the wilderness along the way after they had come out of Egypt. Though all the people who came out were circumcised, none of the people born in the wilderness along the way were circumcised after they had come up out of Egypt. For the Israelites had wandered in the wilderness forty years until all the nation's men of war who came out of Egypt had died off because they did not obey the Lord. So the Lord vowed never to let them see the land he had sworn to their ancestors to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. He raised up their sons in their place. It was days Joshua circumcised. They were still uncircumcised since they had not been circumcised all along the way. After the entire nation had been circumcised, they stayed where they were in the camp until they recovered. The Lord then said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the disgrace of Egypt from you. Therefore, that place is still called Gilgal today. Gilgal means to roll. While the Israelites camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, they observed the Passover on the evening of the 14th day of the month. The day after Passover, they ate unleavened bread and roasted grain from the produce of the land. And the day after they ate from the produce of the land, the manna ceased. Since there was no more manna for the Israelites, they ate from the crops of the land of Canaan that year. When Joshua was near Jericho... He looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua approached him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. I have now come as commander of the Lord's army. Then Joshua bowed with his face to the ground in homage and asked him, What does my Lord want to say to his servant? The commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did that. Republican or Democrat, liberal or conservative, cat or dog, Alabama or Auburn, Presbyterian or Baptist, cessationist or charismatic, East Germany, West Germany, all blacks or wallabies, Nadal or Djokovic, Sparta, Athens, Israel or Judah, Lakers or Celtics, 
orange or green, men in green or men in blue. FC Barcelona or Real Madrid, men or women, whose side is God on? Now, friends, we generally think we know the answer to this question, and we think it's so obvious sometimes that it's not even a question worth asking. Of course, you might say, God is a Republican. The Democrats are so evil. Of course, God is this or that or whatever. The thing is, sometimes it's really hard to know who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. And we usually are confident. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt, as I am sure Joshua was in our chapter today. But imagine his surprise when he encountered the angel of the Lord and asked him one of the most profound questions in the Bible. When Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua approached him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? We think the answer is going to be so obvious, but verse 14, neither, he replied. Now this answer in what are our verses of the day should absolutely blow us away. Think about it. Almost zero negative things are said about Joshua in the Bible. He's one of the most faithful people in all of the Word of God. A man of obedience, courage, integrity. He walks up to a commander of the army of the Lord who has a sword, and he's like, whose side are you on? This is a wonderful man. There are no big scandals. What? the Shibboleth scandal, but that's a small one. There's no big scandal in the time that he leads the Israelites. God has called the Israelites to conquer the promised land, and the inhabitants of that land are evil. They serve other gods. They sacrifice children. They do all sorts of bad things. Of course God's going to be on the Israelites' side, right? Except, no, he's not. Now, does this mean that God's on the Canaanite side? Of course it doesn't. God is on his side, He doesn't appear to choose sides among human situations. His answer is neither. I've seen so many people over the past few years assume that God is for their political party or political candidate or team or position or whatever and adamantly opposed to the other side. For hundreds of years, people have assumed that God is for their cause, their country, their team, their side of the war, their position, etc., But I believe we learned today that God does not choose human sides. God is on his side, and he calls all to follow him. Now, of course, will some parties, candidates, teams, people, positions, alliances, or arguments be more godly and righteous than the other side? Of course. Of course. The Israelites, at this time of the conquest of the Promised Land, were far more righteous and obedient than the Canaanites. But this did not mean that God was on their side. It's not about which side God is on. It's about whether or not we are on his side. Joshua 5 shows beyond question that we must be very careful to presume the blessing and backing of God. Now, I know some of you listening might not be convinced yet, but allow me to encourage you to go ahead and reread Joshua 5. Short chapter, pause on that answer, neither. Neither, if you prefer. Ask yourself the question, if God said neither to Joshua's question, How can you be sure that he would say something different to yours? We're thinking about, well, let's end the show with our verse of the month for March, Hebrews 7.25. Therefore, Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him, since he always lives to intercede for them. Amen. Well, good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.